Baby Yoda saves Build-A-Bear, Verizon launches a search engine, and a beginner's guide to making a content strategy. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Hello, welcome back to Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. Big announcement before we dive into this week's news. I just want to say thank you so much for voting for everyone. Um, The past few weeks, I've been asking you guys to vote. I've been sharing the link to the Best of the Valley voting for Arizona Foothills Magazine for Best Podcast, and we have won. Working Girl Talk has won Best Podcast in Best of the Valley, so in the Phoenix area in Arizona. And that is thanks to you guys. So thank you so much. I'm super excited. And this is just an awesome way to start the new year. Thank you so much, especially as the podcast is not even a year old yet, that this is just a huge thing. And I'm just so excited. Thank you so much. Let's dive into this week's stories because this week there was so much that happened. I had a hard time choosing, so hopefully we can get through all of these today. So let's dive right in. First, the most important story first, of course. So Business Insider brought us amazing news this week. Build-A-Bear announced it would start selling a baby Yoda, our favorite character from The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus, which makes sense because demand for baby Yoda has been booming. There is a lot of pre-order lists out for um, toys of baby Yoda and everyone just wants some baby Yoda. Interestingly enough, though, according to Mike and media outlet, Build-A-Bear had an awesome start when they did launch in the late 90s and early 2000s, and their stock hit an all-time high in January of 2005 with a closing price of 36 dollars and 90 cents. So great for them. But lately in the past few years, the finances have not been looking great with a rise of online competitors. The whole point of Build-A-Bear is to go to the store and have that experience. So you'd have to go to that brick and mortar location, which has just been getting eaten up by online competitors. So Mike says that the average stock price for Build-A-Bear over the last year was around $4 and 37 cents. So a lot less than that 2005 estimate. Late in 2019, Build-A-Bear had predicted zero growth for the fiscal year over the company's 2018 profits and even or even a small drop. But Baby Yoda's force cannot be stopped. <laughs> See what I did there? Because shares of Build-A-Bear stock skyrocketed 15% on Tuesday after the announcement. So Baby Yoda may just save Build-A-Bear from another bad year financial-wise, which I'm sure they will because even I'm like, I need that Baby Yoda. <laughs> Business Insider did share that um, Build-A-Bear has seen, an executive from Build-A-Bear has seen significant growth in adult shopping online actually seeking out products produced in partnership with these companies they do have partnerships with like Disney, Lucasfilm, Warner Brothers. Interestingly enough, I, after I saw this headline, I was like, what baby Yoda? I went to the Build-A-Bear Instagram because I was like, I haven't, I haven't even checked out Build-A-Bear in forever. I haven't been there since I was a kid. And I was looking around and they do have some awesome partnerships. They have some really cute animals and all these like little creatures and some of the frozen creatures, I guess not creatures creatures, but like they have like a little Olaf and and like the 
bros and girls auto and elsa and it's just like cute stuff so i was like wow they really have stepped up their game so baby yoda is just another piece to that puzzle and people love the baby yoda so i'm excited and i don't know if you if you may have seen my story this week i really want one he just looks so cute so let me know if you are just as obsessed as i am next story general motors is bringing back the hummer what a throwback don't we don't we remember those guys <laughs> So nearly a decade after the brand became defunct, this time Hummer is going to have a new life as an all-electric pickup truck, which makes sense as electric cars are becoming more popular and a lot of brands are releasing prototypes of electric cars or have already had success launching them. The super interesting part to the working girl talk crowd on this would be GM is investing in a big ad campaign for this, like they're bringing the Hummer back. So they are... Um, they've invested in a big Super Bowl ad, according to CNN. So in February, that they'll be doing a Super Bowl ad. And the Wall Street Journal actually reported that the company has signed on basketball player LeBron James to help. Next story. This is a follow-up from a story I reported on a few weeks ago. So I had talked about Away, the suitcase brand, the Instagrammy suitcase brand, that their co-founder would be stepping down and one of the executives from Lululemon would be stepping in to her place as CEO and she would just join the board of directors. Well, that's not going to be happening at least anytime soon. So The Verge reported that the Away co-founder, Steph Corey, will actually become the co-CEO of her company rather than moving to board of directors, according to the New York Times. So The Verge initially broke this story, this report that described a toxic work environment within the company. And then she issued those tweets and announced that she would like her position would be taken over um, by Lululemon COO Stuart Hasselden. Um, so that would have been effective this week, but now they're just going to share the CEO position. So the part that it's also, com- it's confusing, but also maybe we'll get some more detail about this, but this is the reason why. So Corey told the New York Times that away quote, let some inaccurate reporting influence the timeline of a transition plan that we had had. So they didn't explain exactly what those inaccuracies are, which I'm thinking from this that she's talking about the Verge report, but I'm not exactly sure. But the article did say that Away has hired Elizabeth Locke, who is lead trial counsel for the University of Virginia Associate Dean of Students, Nicole Aramo, who successfully sued Rolling Stone over that retracted article, A Rape on Campus, if anyone remembers that in the news, in the headlines. So, but it, the New York Times also said that it's really unclear right now whether Away really does plan to sue. So, very interesting situation. I'm not sure all the details there, and it doesn't seem like anyone else's either. But as of right now, they're just going to be co-CEOs together, and she's not stepping down yet. Next story, I told you we have a lot of stories today. The Verge reported that Verizon and its subsidiaries, including Yahoo, are offering an internet service provider. So an internet service provider that has launched a whole new service without any Yahoo branding. One that the article says will definitely not share your search results with advertisers or tailor results based on search history. So this is 
an ad supported platform and it's called one search and the quote from verizon media is that you can search the internet with increased confidence knowing your personal and search data isn't being tracked stored or shared with advertisers and this comes on the heels of as i've talked about it in past episodes but consumers are really I guess, fatigued by a lot of these ads and security and all these things. So um, other alternative search engines have gained popularity. I've talked about Duck about DuckDuckGo in the past. There's other ones that kind of um, preserve users' privacy by not tracking you. So this is just another one of those instances they're trying to get on this game as well. Something interesting that The Verge pointed out though was that like, yes, this is awesome that they're trying to do this. But the Verizon and Yahoo itself have had some spotty issues when it comes to privacy and pointed out that when it combined with AOL and Yahoo in 2017, Verizon was clear about its plans to use its network to target ads. And in 2016, the company paid a $1.3 million fine to the FCC for its use of super cookies that tracked users on networks via their cell phones and never asked for permission and didn't provide a opt-out option. And Yahoo also had that hack in 2013 where billions of customers' data was breached. So they have had some issues in the past, which is kind of maybe putting a damper on this new launch of a search engine. So if you are interested in more of a privacy-based search engine, there is a new option out there and we'll see how this goes for them. Last story before we launch into the Working Girl Talk topic of the week, The Verge reported that Spotify has launched a more playful playlist generator this week that promises to create a playlist that for both you and your pet. So they released Pet Playlist. You head over to Spotify's Pet Playlist website. You pick what animal you have. They have a dog, a cat, an iguana, a bird, or hamster. And you define a few personality traits and then it Um, generates a playlist based on that. So it's kind of fun. Another way to generate a personal playlist for yourself and hey, maybe your pet will like it too. (laughs) So test that out. Let me know if you do because it's super fun. It's a cute little setup they have there on the website. And time for our working girl topic of the week. So a beginner's guide to making a content strategy. For this episode, I will be referring mostly in the space I'm talking about is blog content or website content, but the tips I'm sharing could technically be helpful for creating social media content, whatever you're using. So this could be a good, like don't tune out just because maybe you don't have a blog that this could be useful for a variety of things, but I will specifically be speaking about blog content. First things first, content buckets. I'm sure you've heard this term before, but I would like to say identify three to six topics or buckets that you want to create content around. This is something if you're kind of just starting out with a content strategy and maybe you don't have different pillars for your website yet. So identify three to six topics you want to create content around just for your blog or website, and you can apply this to anything as well. And it's probably useful if you apply this to your other social platforms as well. So thinking about what are these buckets that I want to create content around? Once you decide on around three to six buckets, have a brain dump of just all your ideas. Any idea you have that you can think of that you want to create content around and then try separating them into those categories. So personally, like my blog slash website is set up by career, 
wellness, travel. So if I have all these ideas, I'm going to put them into those different categories. These steps can also be flipped as well. Maybe you have a ton of ideas, so you list them all out. Then you can kind of do it um, the reverse. So start breaking your ideas up and seeing what the similarities are and being able to break them up into groups that way and kind of seeing the trends so you can identify what your content buckets are. But this is super important because it's a nice guide to help you stay in your lane because you like one, you can't do it all. And so if you try to write about everything, um, it frustrates you because maybe you're not as versed in some areas as others. And it also could potentially be confusing for audiences down the road when maybe all of a sudden you start writing about something that they're not used to. And it's like, oh, I thought I came to her for certain topics. And then you go outside of that. That could be confusing. As you're doing this, ask yourself, identify three questions to ask yourself what benefits my audience? So be thinking of how you can serve your audience and what they actually want to hear and what would actually serve people as they're browsing the web. There's a lot of stuff out there. What would actually help them that you could create? Two, what can I provide a fresh perspective about? So what can you really speak to? Yes, there are things that maybe you have an idea or, oh, this probably has great search value, but can I really speak to that or can I really provide a fresh take on that? If you can't, it won't be easy for you to write and maybe it won't be beneficial for them to read. So I would stick to things that you really have a passion about and can provide a fresh take on. And three, does it interest me? So if you don't have an interest in writing it, it will be a big struggle for you. And you want to make this process as easy as possible. So make sure the topic interests you, which if it interests you, it will interest your community as well. So as you're building out these buckets and these ideas, Make sure it interests you. Ask yourself how it can benefit your audience and really what can you provide a fresh take on and what can you be considered the thought leader on. So once you've done all that, how do you actually turn them into blog titles or content titles? And this is where it does get a little bit more specific to blog content. But again, these can be used to generate ideas for any other kind of content as well. So using Google search autocomplete, this is when you're typing in a search query and Google generates different ways to finish that sentence. So if you start typing how to start, a little list will pop up and it'll probably say a business, a blog, a podcast, like probably things like that will pop up. So this is a great place to start. Maybe if you have some general ideas, but need more, or if you have, oh, I know I want to like write a how-to guide, but I'm not sure about what. So start typing that in, see what pops up because Google does generate these topics based on search. They wouldn't be serving it to you unless it was a common search term. So those could be a great way to spark inspiration. On the second side of that and using this autocomplete feature, typing in kind of like the topic that you do want to write about. So if I did put, I want to write a blog about how to start a podcast, I would type that into Google, click enter, generate those search results, scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see those related search results at the very bottom. It's like a list of like seven things that are related. They're similar, but they're not exactly the what you typed in. That could be a great way to spark more ideas as well. Because one, again, it's what people are searching for, but also it's very different, or sometimes it's very different from what you typed in, but it's 
related to it. So if I was interested in talking about a blog about how to start a podcast in those related searches, I could get ideas if I want to get more specific or do something different. So I actually did type in how to start a podcast, scroll down. And in my related searches, it says how to start a podcast on iPhone, how to start a podcast on YouTube, tips for starting a podcast, how to start a podcast Spotify. So different ways I could go with it or even things I can add on to my content too. So like, oh, that inspires me. I'll add a section within that article on how to start a podcast on Spotify, like how to get your podcast on Spotify. So it can kind of help you get um, some inspiration there for stuff you want to add to the blog or even create a new blog entirely, which th- I love this w- tool because it's free, easy, like anyone can do this tip. <laughs> Tip number two on planning content is using the Google Ads keyword planner. So if you're not experienced with Google Ads, uh, make your account and and it's it's free to make your account. Uh, the only thing that costs money is actually doing ads. So make your account, go into tools and settings. It's a menu button at the top bar, at the top menu. And within that, there is a section called keyword planner. Click that and you'll be taken into a keyword planner, just like it says. In the keyword planner, you can actually type in queries and it will generate related terms of that so you can see monthly search volumes. This is for you to plan your keywords within ads, like what kind of stuff you wanna be bidding on and what be making ads around related to your website and content, but you'll be able to see that monthly search volume, which is great for blog content because yes, there are blogs that you just wanna write because it's related to you and you're passionate about it, but sometimes you may wanna write something that, like I've been saying, has some search value around it, so it can get found and your content can be spread to even more people. So it can kind of be a nice way to prioritize content and see if there's actually traction around it without having to use a external tool that's really expensive. So that's a great thing to do there. The cool part about this too is you can put in your domain and it will, because it is designed for ads, it will generate keywords that that page could be bidding on. But this is also good for SEO. So if you if your website, you haven't selected any keywords at all, you could put in your um, page on your website, see what keywords it kind of pulls from them. Like, oh, I should optimize it for this keyword because it has this search volume. So that one's kind of fun to mess around with as well. Third tool, Google Search Console. And as you've noticed, these are getting progressively a little bit more advanced. So we have Google Search Console. So if you're familiar with Google Search Console, you can see all your analytics for clicks and queries and views that you're getting um, via search in in Google. So in the search analytics section, you can actually look at queries that people have typed in to bring up your website. This is awesome because you can see exactly what somebody types to get your website to generate in Google, which you would think, oh, it means I already have content around that, but not necessarily. Sometimes people can type in a query and your website pipes pops up just because it's related or something similar, but this is a great way to get inspired for different content ideas that are related to your brand. So if somebody types in how to become a media influencer and you have an article about a day in the life of 
a social media influencer. You possibly could show up for that. But then if I see somebody asking how to become a social media influencer, I'm like, oh, I should add that to my content strategy because people are searching for that. I'm already kind of generating for it a little bit or popping up in Google for it a little bit. I might as well create content around that, capitalize on those search queries. This is just another way to generate some blog ideas and also some specific titles for your blogs as well that are searchable. So once you kind of formulate exactly what your titles are going to be, you have your list of buckets, what your basically what your search navigation would be on your website. You have your blog titles. Decide what you want your posting frequency to be. I think this is something that people overlook a lot of the time. You want your posting frequency to be attainable, so something that you can actually stick to and consistent. Just making sure even if it is once a month, that you're doing it once a month around the same time. So I think a good place to start would be at least to publish a blog twice a month. So if you have six blogs idea, you already have the first three months of the year covered and that's really attainable. And you could have you could plan out your year of content pretty quickly because it's just two blogs a month. So, so make sure you establish what your posting frequency will be so then you can stick to it. Because one, search engines like that, they love websites that are constantly staying updated. So adding content. Also, your audience will like it because then they can rely on you like, oh, okay, like in the back of my mind, I know that Abby is going to be publishing content soon or that she has a new blog post. The most disappointing thing for somebody is if they really like your blog and then they go back to it the next month and see you haven't posted anything new, there's a higher chance that they will stop checking. So make sure to decide what your posting frequency will be. And then from that, pick a day to write all your content at once. Just pick a Saturday, just go crazy, get all that content done in one day, photo shoot. And then if this is more like you're, if you're thinking about this from more of a social media mindset, um, this would be your creation process of all your photo shoots, your pictures, creating captions. So batching all that content at once, or you can schedule a little bit at a time. So then you, maybe you pick a day like, oh, every Tuesday evening, I write my blog post for that following Friday something like that. So you can do the all at once model or a little at a time. And most most website builders like WordPress, Squarespace do have a schedule option. So if you get it all ready in there, you can schedule it for a certain date and then you don't have to worry about it. And just remember as you're doing this, the best kind of content is consistent and provides value. So hopefully that helps you get a start on creating these content ideas. We'll talk about content promotion in a future episode and also refer back to I previously when I scroll back to the beginning of the podcast, I do have an episode about beginner tips for SEO. So if you are interested in more of that searchability, make sure to go check that one out. And now for our Friday favorite, I have to, Bachelor is back, everyone. (laughs) And this past week's episode was pretty funny. Uh, One of the girls had a little champagne crisis is what they called it. A girl stole her champagne setup that she had for Peter. I guess it was champagne that she had gotten a year prior for her birthday. And a girl started drinking it with Peter, the bachelor, and it was drama. But the funniest part was that she opened or she started drinking out of a bottle of champagne and then it exploded in her face and it was just a wild time. So those ABC producers really know how to 
get us sucked into a show. (laughs) I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk and thank you for making this the best podcast in the Phoenix Valley. As always, if anything resonated with you, make sure to share the link to this episode with a friend and rate and review, subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate all your listens and feedback. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next week. 